Petri Dish is a product of Petri Dish Media, all rights reserved. All characters during the show, such as Donatella Iglesias, Jimmy Coconuts, and Tyler Jerry are copywritten and are satirical. Any similarity to any persons living or dead is completely coincidental. Petri Dish is a science comedy podcast and should not be used as medical advice. Do not get medical advice from a podcast. Yeah, uh, but, uh, real quick, don't stop. Don't, uh, let, uh, yeah, sorry, let's get into it. Let's get, let's get into it. What makes a lady a lady? You. <laughs> oh, <man>. oh, no. <laughs> and therefore, as a free man, I take pride in the words, Ich bin ein science. Science. Yes. science. I know the human being and fire. Welcome to Petri Dish. This is Nathan. I'm Sean. And this episode is going to be the first of a two-parter on a very sought-after subject, sex. Yep, this one's Sexy Sex, where we're going to be talking about the genetic basis for sex and the concepts of male and female in the animal kingdom and even in things like plants and fungi. The impetus behind this episode is that right now in society and amongst our listeners, there's a lot of conversation about gender, about male and female qualities in humans. And if that is in some way biological, there's like a lot of ennui online about like men are men and women are women. It's a big part of our discourse. And Sometimes people will say that there is a biological determinant of someone's gender, which is complicated for reasons we're going to get into. We want to take a step back and really analyze what determines male versus female. What is something's sexuality? And it's a lot more complicated and diverse than you would think. Yeah, so in this part one, we're going to be taking that step back and doing kind of this groundwork for animals. And then in part two, we'll be diving in to the human sexy part. Yeah, what is human sexuality like? Because if you don't know, me and Sean, we're the right people to tell you. <laughs> oh, <man>. oh no. <laughs> all right, all right. So, so let's get into it. So, Sean, I was taught in St. Margaret's School for Boys that men have semen and women receive. Wow. That's the biological basis of the sexes. Some, some nun taught you that, huh? She taught me well. In between whippings. Um, <laughs> in between a lot of stuff. So, when we look out there at all the life that exists, some life is not even sexual at all, right? So, like, let's ignore what? them for a little bit. Incels. <laughs> yeah, bacteria, exactly. Incels. Yeah. So, ignoring them for a little bit, just talking... <laughs> I guess bacteria is very much involuntarily <laughs> celibate. <laughs> it's not really voluntarily either. <laughs> yeah. Out of all of the organisms that do have sex, how can we go about kind of breaking them down, uh, you know, into different categories... Definitely not all of them have X and Y chromosomes, even. Well, let's take a step back real quick. All animals, though, have male and female, though, right? 
maybe not bacteria, but most of the shit's got male or female. Even even flowers got male bits and female vagina bits. I've seen Giorgio O'Keefe. <laughs> so it is true that with flowering plants, there is a way of classifying the flowers as male or female. But it actually gets a lot more complicated than that pretty quickly because you can have male and female flowers on the same plant. I mean, how can it even be complicated, though? Like, isn't the lady just something that takes that good seed? <laughs> like, that's the definition of a lady in the books, right? In the Bible. You know, in a certain sense, I think that's kind of true, that usually the female organism is the one that makes a sex cell that doesn't really move around. So, like, the male makes huh. a sex cell that is motile, or it's, like, swimming, it's a Look little at sperm. That. The wisdom of the people. <laughs> That's me right here. Or pollen, it's, like, flying through the air. And then the female one is kind of sitting tight, it's hanging out. And that's kind of, like, I think, uh, one of the more fundamental potential definitions for what makes something female or male. So, wait, wait. So, having a dick, that's not actually definitionally what makes you male. Having a stamen in a flower, that's not necessarily what makes something male. What makes something male is that your little semen bro has to go. And then what makes something female is that you have an egg that's stationary. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, the thing is, it's easier maybe to call the sex cells male and female. Because there are some organisms that are hermaphroditic. They make both male and female sex cells. Mm. And so, you know, for those organisms, you just call them a hermaphrodite. So the male twink who just stands there, and then another male comes to him, (laughs) he's the lady in that relationship. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) Well, we just lost the gay communities. (laughs) That was was 90% of our uh, listenership. Yeah, so... (laughs) I think mom is 90% of our listenership. (laughs) Okay, that's true. Yeah, she's not gay. (laughs) I don't know if she liked this part either. (laughs) But, yeah, you know, Okay, so. it's not just a chromosome thing because there's, okay. there's XY chromosomes, there's ZW chromosomes, there's systems that are more than just two sex chromosomes. Whoa, wait a minute. It's a lot of chromosomes. Why does any of that matter? Like, well, what has a Y? What has a W chromosome? You just said WZ or something. Yeah, ZW uh, is something that happens in some birds, some insects, some reptiles, some fish. Why do they have different names? Like, why do we have X or Y chromosomes and why do they have W chromosomes? Is yeah. it the shape of the chromosome? So naming-wise, that's where X and Y came from. Is because looking at our chromosomes, it was clear that when the chromosomes kind of pair up, or when some dude is looking at a bunch of chromosomes, they can kind of pair up a lot of the X's. Most of our chromosomes are X's. Okay. But then there's kind of one leftover X, and then this leftover little shitty-looking thing that's kind of a Y-shaped because it's right. so fucked up it doesn't look like an X anymore. And that's a man. And that's a man. So that's why XXX represents like a store with naked lady stuff is because of the X chromosomes. I don't think because so. Because three X chromosomes <laughs> make you even sexier. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of different animals have different types of chromosomes. Just to get back to that subject. So the W chromosome in some like birds, the chromosome literally looks like a W. Is that why we call it that? No. So that's what I was going to get to is right. that XY is a system named because of the shape of the chromosomes. ZW is named because those are the letters around X and Y. So this is a classic kind of example of anthrocentrism of the subject of gender in general, is that we labeled male and female with X and Y, which makes a certain amount of sense because the chromosomes look like that. But then for the other animals, we're like, fuck it. (laughs) We're just going to use this naming convention. So the chromosomes definitely do. Yeah. The the ZW system. (laughs) They do not look like Zs and Ws. They look like Xs. But basically... In the XY system, which is what we have, 
if you are XY, then that means that you are male. And if you are XX, that means you're female. Right. Okay. okay. Yeah. So that means that the people who have the same chromosome doubled up are female. Okay. In this system. Okay. In the ZW system, it's the other way around. To be female, mm. you need the mismatch. And to mm. be male, you have the doubled up. Situation. Okay. So Ys are not necessarily just incomplete chromosomes and men are going to be scuds eventually and evolve out of the system. In other species, it's the ladies who are mismatched. Yeah, yeah. I guess at the root of it, what that says is that male and female and the whole thing about, oh, well, the females produce these non-motile eggs and everything like that, that does not necessarily boil down to the chromosome mechanics of it either. Right? Like, okay. like it's not just like, oh, well, every time you have a shitty one, that's going to be male. Right. As far as chromosomes are concerned. Yeah. So uh, that's all mixed up in the animal system, too. Okay. But, like, most mammals or all mammals are X and Y, right? Uh, kind of. Kind of. Okay. I, I don't know how much you want to get into this, but platypuses and those monotreme guys in general, the echidna, both have kind of funky, funky system. Okay. In that they have, uh, well, platypuses anyway have five pairs of X's. Okay. And sort of Y. Right, and we kind of talked about this a while back in a genetics episode, right? Yeah, 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 when we were talking about strange animals. And we, right, we right, talked right. about the platypus. And yeah. it doesn't, it's not really that important, right? Like that they have a different amount of sex chromosomes? Or does that impact their evolution in some important way? I can't say exactly that it impacts their evolution, except to say that it is an interesting evolutionary story because their system ends up looking a lot more like bird and reptile sex chromosomes. Okay. And less like mammal ones. Okay. And so it might be the case that their system is so old in the mammalian family tree that it's actually a remnant from when we were kind of the same as reptiles. Okay. Right and then our genes evolved more, or our sex chromosomes evolved more. Yeah, so we switched up, basically. Okay. So... Gender is determined by chromosomes for humans, for a lot of these animals, even if the chromosomes themselves are different. Let's say sex is determined. Okay, sex. Okay. Yeah. So is that true of like just like all creatures that aren't just bacteria and other incels? Like, (laughs) I see you have yeast on these notes. What's the fuck up with yeast? Yeah, so yeast uh, is actually... I prefer female yeast beer. (laughs) Well, so that's the thing is that yeast yeast are capable of reproducing sexually. okay? Okay. But... You can't really say that one is male and one is female. They don't really fall into that dichotomy. That's true. I've never seen a yeast and been like, Woo, that's a male <laughs> yeast. That's a little weeny on that yeast. <laughs> yeah. It's because... Uh, it's a motile yeast. They're both motile. They okay. both move around. Yeah. And they kind of uh, come together toward each other in a process called schmoo. <laughs> you're, you're fucking with me there. No, they schmoo towards each other. You're, yeah, I can't be right. <laughs> no, that's real. <laughs> You'll see a yeast kind of make this little schmoo shape. As they're as schmooing at each other. And then and then they'll come together to form... As defined by Professor Schnozzle. <laughs> but yeah, so in yeast, the sexes are called A and alpha. Those are the two sexes. That's confusing, too. Yeah. I, Shouldn't it be like alpha and zeta or something? I, I would have preferred it, but yeah. I, I'm not a yeast biologist. This sure, that's them. Yeah. So Professor A Schnozzle. and alpha, and those are the two that will come together to form a new yeast that's kind of the daughter of those two. So this is a good example of how our categorization of sex, emerging from our preconceptions of gender and humans, does not necessarily properly capture reproduction in other species. Right, yeah. While yeast is kind of a really specific example way, way further away on the evolutionary tree, 
Yeah, it's a situation where male and female doesn't even make any sense anymore. Mm. And then uh, I see here that some insects and arachnids get something weird too. We got an X and an O. Yeah. O-type chromosomes. Yeah, so for a lot of insects and arachnids, they just don't have a Y chromosome anymore. Anymore? So they, like, evolved it out? Well, so there's a lot that suggests that over time, the Y chromosome in that kind of system, the XY system, that the Y chromosome shrinks over time. Huh. And so the thought is that in some species, eventually the Y chromosome will disappear. And... Yeah, like in Europe. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, whoa, hey, that's really interesting that you brought that up. Whoa. There's a thing where in older dudes, if you look in their blood cells, their white blood cells... Oh, yeah. Some of their white blood cells are missing the Y chromosome. Yeah. It's just gone now. Yeah. And that's because in their bone marrow, which is like constantly making a lot of new white blood cells, some kind of genetic fuck up makes it so that they don't have a Y chromosome anymore. Mm. And it gets to be like really common. I think it's something like when you're over the age of 70, maybe it's over the age of 80, 70% of dudes over the age of 80 just don't have a Y chromosome. In their, Jesus, in their man. Like, or they're chimeric for it in their blood. That's so interesting. Wow. 70% of Europeans don't have a white chromosome. <laughs> Why are you making this about Europeans? That's so crazy. <laughs> Europeans could be virile. Did they sell you this before or after Chernobyl, though? No. Because maybe it's Chernobyl. Right? <laughs> it's, it's probably not, but And, okay, it, and it's like only it. in their blood cells, right? Right, So, yeah. like, all their other cells still have a white chromosome. It's probably... They're not, like, actually a woman now. So it's kind of hard to tell because we don't do, like, really comprehensive biopsies when we do these kinds of experiments. It's way easier just to check blood. Right. But... It is probably true that in your blood you see it more because you're constantly replacing those blood cells. Wow. So because there's so much division going on, there's more chances for you to do stuff like lose a chromosome. All right, so insects, arachnids, and old men lose their (laughs) Y chromosome and only have X and stuff. I mean, but I know that like insects, there are male and female insects. So what the fuck is going on then? How do you get male insects? Yeah, so if you have two Xs, then you're female... And if you only have one X, then you're male. Was there nothing important on that Y chromosome? (laughs) Like, how can you just lose it? Right. So uh, for humans, there are a few things that are important on our Y chromosome. But in these insects and arachnids, probably anything that was important on there hopped over to some other chromosome. Huh. So those genes are probably still conserved in their genome, but kind of moved around to somewhere else. Okay, well, that's pretty cool. Okay, so let's take a break, and then when we get back, we can talk about, you know, a little bit more evolutionary stuff, and a little bit about plants and fish and stuff like that. Talking about transgender. (laughs) Okay. Frogs. (laughs) The following is an actual advertisement. Hey there, new friends. This is Ellen Weatherford. Do you like animals? Do you enjoy arbitrarily rating things out of 10? Can you tolerate puns? If so, join me and my husband Christian over at Just the Zoo of Us for a weekly review of your favorite animal species. Just the Zoo of Us is available on Spotify, iTunes, and other podcast apps. You can find us at anchor.fm slash just the zoo of us. See you soon. So guys, we've just talked a little bit about genetics, and even though different species have so far had different types of chromosomes, or different recombination of chromosomes, I think everything so far has been pretty straightforward. Sean, you've told me that there's some real freaky-deaky shit out there in nature. (laughs) Hit me with some of that really weird freaky-deaky sex stuff. Who's switching genders? Who's going wacky? (laughs) So one 
I think really interesting story is that the XY ZW systems have actually evolved multiple times. So this is not something that for millions and millions of years, things have stayed exactly the same as far as sex chromosomes are concerned. Within one species of frog, this Japanese wrinkled frog that lives in Japan, in different spots all over the Japanese islands, right? Mm, Japanese frogs. Some of these frogs, they're the same species. They have either XY or ZW sex determination systems. Okay. So they evolved XY. They were ZW first. Some of them evolved XY. And then some of those re-evolved ZW. So can they fuck if they're the same species? Yeah, a lot of them can. How do you fuck if your chromosomes are different? So the chromosomes are mostly the same. It's just a little bit of changes about which part of it determines whether you're male or female or not. Oh, so basically, okay, that's pretty um, cool. the, the main idea is that I think in our minds, we're so deeply set on this idea that there's like a really, really deep biological reason why we're male and female. Right. But like <laughs> that in biology kind of transitions and switches sure. around way easy. It's more fluid at, than at the thought. end of the day, what determines whether you're male or female is whether your little packet of sexual genes like moves or not. And that's actually a very simplistic definition that is so broad that it captures a lot of gendering that happens amongst creatures. Right, exactly. I think from an evolutionary history perspective, the sort of rise and fall of different sex chromosomes is actually a really interesting story. And these little frog guys, even though they're the same species, they have a really complex one. And, and whatever is on, like, a Y chromosome is just, like, at the end of the day, a bunch of bundled-up DNA. It could pop over to something else. It's not like it's not predetermined by God Christ Jesus that it has to be in the shape of a Y. <laughs> yeah, that's actually that's a really good point. And once we get uh, into details on some of the human stuff a little bit later in the episode, that's going to come up. So we'll hit that up really hard. Mm. Another really weird thing that I wanted to tell you about is something called haplodiploidy. Okay? And... So, Sounds like a Rick and Morty parody commercial. Haploid <laughs> diploidy. Yeah, yeah, it kind of does. So in people and pretty much all animals, we're diploid. And that means that we have two pairs of every chromosome. Right? I remember this from Mr. Spinagle's class now. Right. And so what's interesting is that there are some organisms where the unfertilized eggs. Okay. So that means eggs that only have one copy of the chromosomes. Right. Will eventually become males. Wow. And if they get fertilized, then they'll be female. So females, their entire genome, they have two copies, and males are just running around with half. Dude, I've known some animals like that. <laughs> I knew a couple guys at Reed College <laughs> yeah, who, they, when they were unfertilized, <laughs> were male, and then they had sex, and they're like, wait a minute, I'm not who I thought I was. And then, and then they changed to the female. <laughs> so, so what that means is <laughs> they're haploid diploides. <laughs> Is that in these species, the males are running around with just half the genetic information that females are. LGBTQH. <laughs> Wait, what's an example of an animal or species, a creature like that? There are some kinds of insect that basically, mm. so long as the eggs remain unfertilized, they'll go ahead and develop into males. That's pretty cool. So nothing as genetically advanced as like a mammal because mm. because like you said, with the human Y chromosome, maybe you could move some of that DNA around. But there actually is important DNA on the Y chromosome yeah. that you couldn't just not have and develop into a viable fetus. Yeah, so as a pretty solid rule, out of mammals, 
there's the monotremes, that's like the platypus, right? Yeah. There's the marsupials, that's like opossums and yeah. uh, the hoppy, hoppy punchy. Kangaroos. And then there are the placental mammals, right? Yes. So monotremes have a weird number of sex chromosomes. They're funky. Yeah. Okay. And then both placental and marsupial are XY, but their XYs are from a different ancestral origin. Mm. So each one has an independent evolution of XY. I'm going to confess something to you, Sean. The word placental makes me hungry. What? We just ate, but there's just something about placental. No. <laughs> Not placenta either. It's placental. They're <laughs> just like placental. Don't do it. <laughs> just like really. Oh, no. I'm like go to Disneyland and have a turkey leg now. Yeah, you're I a don't bummer. Know. <laughs> placental. <laughs> I'm really bummed out, man. I'm going to go to Toontown in Disneyland. All right. <laughs> Eat a turkey leg and think about placental. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. <laughs> so earlier. Earlier. Yes. <laughs> we talked about plants. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plants are freaky deekies because they got the dick stamen and the pussy flower with the good nectar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so they have an ovary. Yeah. And then they also have stamens that produce pollen, right? Yeah. But the thing is that flowers can either be male, female, or hermaphroditic. Jesus. Okay. And a plant can have a combination of male and female flowers, or it can have hermaphroditic flowers. Wait, so what makes a flower exclusively male? If that flower only has stamen. Oh, interesting. I didn't even know that happened. And it can happen on the same plant. One plant can have some flowers that are only stamens and some flowers that are only ovary. Are you jealous of them ever? Huh. Like, because if we were like them, couldn't we just like jack off into our ovaries and like make a baby? Yeah, but you want that? I think so. Babies are a financial burden. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have enough money to raise a baby. Millennial housing crisis. Yeah, be responsible. Okay. I have a Slate article to send to you. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying, man. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's why we're the lucky ones. Yeah. We're not just like running around accidentally impregnating ourselves every that's time we true. want to That's true, that's true. And then we have things like fish. Yeah, I see you say fish here that are pretty much everything. They're the whole spectrum of the rainbow. Mm-hmm. Uh, why, man? I saw Finding Nemo. It clearly had a dad and clearly <laughs> had a mom. Okay, clownfish are very heteronormative. Fish are like the millennial's wet dream. Social justice warrior. <laughs> very it's wet. every option. <laughs> <laughs> so some fish start out undecided. Like they're born and they, ha- <laughs> they haven't made any particular sex yet this whole episode is like different people i knew from liberal arts school (laughs) they have they have gonads that are undecided they haven't picked a side yet and then they can choose one later on in like adulthood gonads is like my (laughs) anti-placental like you say gonads and i lose my whole appetite (laughs) (laughs) i just want to flush my stomach now (laughs) this could be like a good weight loss situation yeah yeah yeah. gonad yeah is you know like a youtube video of somebody like asmr like whispering gonad over and over gonad. Gonad. that's our new ad idea gonad. <laughs> so other fish might have picked a side early on you know like when they're developing yeah but then can change later wow right so there's actually a lot of different circumstances like population wise there are different fish that can switch it up based off of whether or not they're like the biggest and socially most important fish it's so interesting. This is another example of how humans were not evolved for modern civilization. I was thinking how useful that was. And I was like, humans used to be in groups of like 30 or something. And so you would really need to be able to fuck whenever. Whereas fish, because they live in big schools, or some fish do. But it makes sense why you would want their sexuality to be more determined by population. 
Like, we could use that right now so much. <laughs> Elon Musk needs to get on that. He needs to invent his Elon Musk. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Change his yeah, yeah. gender. Yeah, yeah. Sex. Changes sex, Nathan. <laughs> They're different. Okay, wait, what's gender? <laughs> gender is the social construct that sits on top of sex. Right? You lost me at construct. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm a Jordan Peterson kind of man, okay? It's like, okay, people walking around that shoot out sperm. Yeah. What do we think are other qualities that make that person kind of quintessentially okay. that thing. So like, so, so like, gender is all the shit we build on top of whether the fucking egg is motile or not. Right, but it can be stuff like secondary sexual characteristics like, oh, we expect males to have beards. Right. So it's like the beard gender yeah. is like the is the male one, right? right. So, so gender necessarily is different depending on the creature you're talking about because you look at pigeons and male pigeons don't have beards. And also the society that you're talking about, right? right? So like even within human societies, there can be different characteristics that that society would think of as quintessentially male or female. Yeah. And, you know, so that's one reason why there's a lot of questioning about the meaning of gender, right? As we're kind of becoming more a, cosmopolitan and yeah, global like a, a broader global society. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whereas like with clownfish, the sex of clownfish is still determined by different chromosomes, although it can change based on the environment and different pressures. While the gender is based on the males are kind of meek and sarcastic and the females <laughs> are very gregarious and protect their young from barracudas. So, so clownfish are a great example of one where they all start out male. What? <laughs> all clownfish are male. Dude, Nemo had two dads? <laughs> until, until the biggest, most badass male who's like beat the shit out of all the other males and is like the top male. Turns into a female. That's... <laughs> I just came. <laughs> you guys just witnessed in audio format a man ejaculating. So that's like in prison, like the most badass prisoner who's got like all the bitches. The bitches are male and that prisoner turns into a female. I so wish that happened in actual prison. <laughs> but see, like that's the thing about fish, right? The blue-headed wrasse is one where they can start out as either male or female... And then later on, the females can choose to become male if they want. But the males can't choose to be female. It doesn't work in both directions. That's fucked up. Isn't that crazy? Like what? It, what? Second class fish citizenship, <laughs> dude. So physically, how do you even switch genders like that? Because, I mean, I've heard about Caitlyn Jenner, right? And all the stuff the Jenners had to go through to like be switching that up. In humans, transgender folks have to go through all this trouble to figure that out. And you just tell me fish are just like, huh! I'm a woman now. <laughs> and it's like, are a woman? Or like, like I'm going to be a dude today. Sure, Like, yeah. how is that so easy? Why do fish get to be so lucky? I guess yeah. is your question. Yeah, so it's because... I've had days where I've woken up. I mean, like, <laughs> I wish I was a woman today. So in a certain sense, a lot of animals actually start out very, very early in their embryo, kind of zygote. You know, at the single cell stage, it's not like the single cell has a penis or a vagina, right? I guess. At, at some point, you start to develop these things out of these cells that are programmed to to build an organ like that. Okay. Right? And so the fish just basically have within themselves some of these cells still waiting oh. for an extra signal to switch things up. And so, it's like, make a fish dick. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or, or make my, that fish pussy. More specifically, go ahead and switch over to being able to create the sperm or the eggs oh. in, in either direction, right? Oh. So they'll switch up that kind of structure. And, you know, I mean, realistically, even though the ovaries and the testes have a lot of really specific characteristics to them, in both cases, they're places where you're producing these sex cells. Right? Dude, humans should have that. 
It's a little unfair. Yeah. I agree. How come fish get all the good stuff? We should just have like a sex cell nub down here until <laughs> we're like 25. And you just get the pick. Brains are still developing till like 26, Sean. Like we should only have nubs till we really know when we're 26. That's weirdly coherent out of you. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, that's what CRISPR's for. Ah, yeah, this is the future. Future uh, love nub. Yeah, it's just being able to be kind of, you know, smooth down there unless we want to, like, Dr. Manhattan grow a dong or something like that. <laughs> but, yeah, okay. So, let's go ahead and take a break here. And then after that, we can talk about how there are other factors that can affect whether you're male or female, like environmental factors. What? <laughs> My name is Jimmy Coconuts, and I'm here to talk to you about the most important issue in 2020. That's right, you guessed it, I'm talking coconuts! Yay! Now, right now, there's 20 million Americans who are not getting their daily amount of coconuts. Oh, and there's a lot of plans to fix it. Donald Trump's is to cut your coconuts! What? He thinks you're a coconut queen, watching Moana all day, sucking the coconuts out of the rest of society! What a schmuck! Oh. Now there's Pete Buttigieg, he says we need a coconut option! where anyone who's not currently insured for coconuts can get coconuts through a government-endorsed plan. Oh, that's good. That's, that's going to cover some people, but not enough coconuts! Whoa! And then, Mr. Bernie Sanders, everyone says he's a socialist. His plan is to create a single payer for coconuts. That's barely socialism at all! A real socialist would redistribute the millions of coconut production! Yeah! That's right! We'd take all those coconut plantations and give the coconuts back to you! I'm talking nationalized coconuts, baby! Yeah! So next election, 2020, don't vote for any of those schmucks! Don't vote for any of those fake socialists like Bernie Sanders! Vote for me, Jimmy Coconuts, down in the Orange County Coconut Emporium! I'm gonna give those coconuts to you! I'm gonna hook up! Oh, I'm gonna get it out. I'm sorry, people. It's just I see children on the street who just so desperately need coconuts, and it just, I just want to fix things. And I think we all do too. And if you all just join me in this coconut revolution of 2020, God damn it! God damn it! We can save this country. Jimmy, yay! Jimmy for president. So, Sean, we've talked about a lot of weird fish stuff. Men turn to women, women turn to men. Okay, a lot of crazy crap has been blown my mind. But you're coming in here, Mr. Science, and telling me that the environment can make me a man or a woman? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I don't know about you specifically, but it is definitely more than just fish. I'm trapped in this male body. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I can think of a few examples of situations where the environment does impact whether they end up being male or female. Like pH or something, or if it's too salty or something, right? Like <laughs> That's definitely I mean, true for fish. You, but you've maintained that fish are these weird pervert animals. Sure, they <laughs> can change gender. Like, you could probably tap one on the shoulder and it becomes a woman. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Normal animals aren't like that. <laughs> well, okay, so here's one example. There are these guys in the ocean called green spoon worms. And they're an annelid, which is the same uh, sort of phylum as leeches or earthworms. Do you know green eggs and ham are actually spoonworms that they've mashed into a protein mash, uh, and then they cook as spam? That's gross, dude. I know. That's that whole that whole Dr. Seuss stuff is <laughs> fucked. Okay, so you have these green spoonworms, guys, which are related to leeches and earthworms. My spoonworms too big! <laughs> and they're hanging out in the ocean. Okay. And the thing is, they'll hatch out, and they'll be female at first. 
And they're kind of floating in the water and slowly kind of drifting down towards the ocean floor. That's beautiful. Okay. And if they run into the ocean floor, then they will turn into a female. Okay, yeah. Or they'll stay female? Yes. Okay, okay. But if they bump into a female on the way to the ocean floor, they will instead produce a substance called bonellin. <laughs> and they'll turn into males. <laughs> The chemical compound that is a boner. <laughs> and they'll crawl inside the females. Gross. And then just live inside the females as little sperm factories. Oh, that's interesting. So it's kind of like, so they're technically a separate organism, but they just chill in the female? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember the... The fish. Yeah. The anglerfish. The, the ghostly sea devil guy, yeah. And uh, the males, when they bump to Turn the females... Turn into gonads and just <laughs> attached to the female. They latch on and the female absorbs their body, basically. So in this case, if they bump to a female, they're like... Nailed it. Found a home. And then they'll just crawl inside, and then they'll, you know, be male and produce sperm. But if they hit the ground, they're like, oh, there's nobody for me, and they'll just become a female. So this is an example where the sexuality of a creature is determined by the environmental factor of bumping. Yeah, (laughs) basically, Um, yeah. But, I mean, like, those are worms, man. Like, nothing normal determines their sexuality through bumping or through environmental factors. (laughs) Well, actually, reptiles are another really good example of uh, animals that are influenced by the environment. In what way? What? I mean, you, you like reptiles, right? You know that, like, sometimes you can have... Yeah, but I don't, like, sl- I, don't like my, I don't like my reptiles switching up on me. <laughs> no, I really didn't know that, though. I mean, first of all, Stacy, my wife, is really more of a mm, leopard gecko person. Mm-hmm. And second, I don't know. We bought a female leopard gecko, or a male leopard gecko, and then it turned out to be female. I don't know, maybe we designed our cage funny. <laughs> Yeah, so you're going to like this because back when we were younger, we had an Australian bearded dragon named Spikey. Yeah. Right? I don't Uh, think we fed him properly. (laughs) No, probably not. (laughs) Australian bearded dragons are an example of an organism that can undergo sex reversal in the wild. Mm. And in this case, because of temperature of the eggs while they're incubating. They normally have a ZW system, okay? Okay. So that means the ZZ are male. Yeah. And the ZW are female. Makes it ZZ Top is the most male band. <laughs> but what they found is that there, there are eggs that could be laid that will hatch as females that are ZZ. Okay. Hmm. Now, the thing about females that are ZZ is that they could lay eggs themselves. They were fertile. And... In fact, they laid more eggs than the quote-unquote normal ZW females. So there's no downside to being a ZZ chick? Well, I mean, they could still mate with the ZZ males. And what that means is that if you have ZZ females and ZZ males, there's no W anymore. You basically lost the W completely in that system. And so now all of your kids will always be ZZ. There's no way to get a W. Okay, wow, that's pretty weird. And basically, so what that meant is that... When you still had the ZWZZ system, you had the sex chromosomes. They mattered. They mattered. If all of your eggs were at the same temperature. Sean gestured in a way like to reassure me. Yeah, you were worried. <laughs> yeah. You, you got to look like, at Don't worry. <laughs> you felt like really unsettled. I, yeah, I was yeah, worried yeah. about you. But yeah, basically at the same temperature, ZW and ZZ work as a sex determining system. Okay. Okay. But at different temperatures, especially high temperatures, you start to see this shift where more of them are female AKA more of them are able to produce eggs. Ah, interesting. Okay. And once those females, the ZZ females and the ZZ males, they're all running around. There's no W anymore, right? The system switches over to be completely temperature dependent. Interesting. 
Because there's no chromosome help anymore. Right. Right? You, you don't have a W. You can't figure out how to make a female otherwise, so it's 100% based on temperature. And Aussie Belgian country gets real hot. <laughs> so yeah. you need to make sure it's not too hot. But see, that's an interesting thing is that is it possible that global warming and climate change is going to affect the basically sex determination of a lot of these different species? Wow. Right? So that's why the world as it gets hotter is also getting a little gayer. <laughs> 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 is, that, is that right? <laughs> yeah, it's glo- it's getting real hot in here, dude. I think it's getting sexier. Is what it is. I mean, it's both. <laughs> global warming is leading to global sexiness. So what I will say is that I think it is reasonable to ask the question: Is the increase in global temperature going to make a difference there? And it's going to kind of depend on specifics based on the different species and what temperatures make them do what. But in one study with sea turtles. While there were some skews towards having kind of more females, which is what would happen under higher temperatures, it ended up not really being a bad thing. Okay. Because there were still enough males to run around and fertilize a bunch of eggs, right? Basically, the males got to run around and just jizz all over the place. Nice. And so, at the end of the day, the population dynamics... Stacy liked that, dude. She's in the corner there being like, woo! Yeah. Yeah. For the sea turtles, if you want to open your mind's eye and think about it, it was like a jizz party for sea turtles. (laughs) Yeah, a lemon party, if you will. (laughs) And the population dynamics worked out in the end. It was okay. Cool. But who knows? Maybe with more and more extreme weather, this could end up being a problem for some of the species. If they're still alive. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah, we'll see. We're going to wrap up this episode of Petri Dish. We've talked through the whole range of animal sexuality, starting with what makes a lady and a man. It's not dick and pussy. Okay. Does that egg go? (laughs) Right? Are you motile, bro? And then we went through different types of chromosomes, all sorts of strange evolutionary history and shit with that. Uh, Weird fishy, fishy whack stuff. Plant penises. Just like, god damn, all sorts of weird environmental shit. Turns out sexuality is very fluid. And that's not gender, which we also talked about. Not even gender is fluid, although gender is real fluid. Even (laughs) sexuality is fluid. Things are switching up, man. Yeah, I think if you look out in the animal kingdom and beyond, you'll see a lot of really different examples of sex. Fungi. Protists. The (laughs) Amoeba Brothers were originally the Amoeba Sisters in the Powerpuff prequel. Power fetus. <laughs> There's all of this diversity out in the animal world. Right. But I think next time in part two, we're going to pull it back and we're going to look more specifically at humans. So I think that a lot of this stuff was good groundwork and we established things like the genetics and, you know, definitional stuff. But we're going to go into much more detail on male versus female sex characteristics in humans, and then sort of some sexual evolutionary psychology stuff. Right. We're going to complicate the dichotomy between male and female because it is much more complicated on the biological level than people usually make it out to be. And we're going to talk about all, you know, the kind of pop science stuff that you see online. Why do do men like... like, Yeah. (laughs) We're both so eager to ask why men like big butts. Just funny. I guess I guess I kind of do, actually. <laughs> anyway, guys, so stay tuned next week for our... I guess that doesn't mean you stay tuned. But come in next week for our part two on sexuality, the human sex. <laughs> we're Petri Dish. We're on Patreon. We're on Twitter. You got to contact Sean. He's even on Reddit. Ask him some questions on Reddit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, What's your sure. name on Reddit? Alpha MHC. Look for Alpha MHC, guys, if you have any science or relationship questions. Oh, jeez. Yeah, he's like Adam Savage. He's a salvage. 
Wow, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> if you have any questions or feedback, if you really hated this episode, <laughs> you, you can let us know, and I'll be sure to yell at Nathan for you. You can email us at petridishpod at gmail.com or tweet at us at dishpodcast. And we look forward to hearing from you. We want to thank Stacy Song, our sound lord. We got to thank Brian Allen for art and motile. <laughs> motile cells. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next time. Good night and good luck. Good night.